Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fam, Friends, and Magic, a Magic the Gathering podcast brought to you by Swigoy Gaming. My name's Bill Grennan, everyone calls me Brasky, and today I am joined, as always, by the Mighty Linguini, Caroline Cavanaugh, Mr. Toolshed, Sean Gallagher, and a new guest to the podcast this week, and that is Nick Inextrad Price. What's up, fam? What's up? Hello. Hello, how's it going? Yeah, now we're doing it. We had to figure out a new, like, hello, how's it going kind of thing. Whenever we bring on a guest, it's always kind of like, we never, we never like, work that out in the beforehand. Like, we work everything else out, but we, we, we never figure out who's going to say hello first. And Not I'm, true. It's oh, no, clearly labeled. It? It's clearly oh. labeled. It's someone may have gone early, and that's whatever. I'm not going to say <laughs> I who. thought that was just a ranking of Swagoy members. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. You know, when you think about it, those arrows are actually, like, greater than symbols, so that makes a lot of yes, sense. Yes, yes. In fact, we need, to, we need to adjust this more. This is great podcast material right off the bat. We're just going to put oh, yeah, the, that back down there. Perfect. <laughs> Great. For those at home, I've just entered myself last on that list of rankings. So I think we're fantastic on that. Uh, well, Nick, welcome to the podcast. Subbing, it, subbing in for Conan Hawk, Eric Hawkins this week, who is busy off doing other life stuff. And so it's great to have you. Uh, why don't you just give us a quick like rundown of kind of who you are, how you came to join Swagoy, and kind of uh, your, your, your entire history with the game of Magic. No, why you... Uh, the word I'm looking for. Brain is hard. Why, you why you wanted to join Swagoy and why we brought you onto this podcast? Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Nick Price, not Nick Prince, as some people will obviously and understandably think um, when they first hear my name. I'm a competitive slash professional magic player from the Philippines. Um, and I've, you know, I've been exclusively playing magic for a living uh, since this gosh darn pandemic started and I joined Spagoy after meeting Caroline um, through a like a like a sort of tournament testing team and we kind of hit it off and she had the she had the good sense to drag me with her to her personal discord and eventually to Spagoy where I where I managed to meet all you cool people and yeah that's how I found myself guesting on this podcast. And it's wonderful to have you, and we are so happy to have you here. Thank you. It's going to be a great time. we got plenty to talk about in this wonderful podcast, but the one thing I do want to start our conversations off with was how our week in magic was. And, Mr. Toolshed, I want to kick it off with you. How was your week in magic? You know, it's been kind of a weird week, so I know I've talked about, oh, maybe I didn't talk about, but I had this whole credit card fiasco where, like, my credit card um, expired. I need to get a whole new credit card. And what I didn't realize or I had forgotten was that my manager's account had my old credit card on it. So basically, Nick and I were in a Discord call yesterday, um, and I was like trying to set up a manager's account so him and I could continue testing the wonderful f- modern format. So that's all I've really been focused on for the last few days. I was hoping. I was hoping, like at some point, like your credit card situation came back, and mana traders thought you were like committing identity theft and using bad credit cards, and then all of a sudden you got banned from something. No, you just had had to make a new account. That was. Oh, I was I waiting for something really whole, climactic, and it wasn't there. I, I've gone through that whole charade with other companies already. Don't worry. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, when uh, I'm glad you didn't have to commit any types of identity theft or credit card fraud to continue playing the modern format. Although, as someone who has not played modern yet and might need to buy a deck, I might have to commit credit card fraud just to get one of those decks in my hands. That's what, that's what I'm going to do. I will say that, I kid you not, I pay $36 a month from a account, and basically you get X amount of tickets for what you pay. 
for that $35, I get 420 tickets worth of a deck. And that can't even buy the best deck in modern right now. <laughs> so just because it has Omnath, Arrow, and a bunch of other like busted magic cards on it. Oh, geez. Well, it's, at least those cards are uh, very, very old standards in all of the game of magic, Very to be sure. Uh, Caroline, how was your week in Magic? And, uh, you know, how how did things go? What are you up to? Pretty slow week. What have you been doing? Uh, nothing really. Great. Awesome. Let's move on to Nick. We can talk. Wait. Oh, wait, hold wait, on. Wait, wait, I have some. Sh- I have show notes down kidding. here. There's other things going on. <laughs> it says, it says, lol, JK. <laughs> you didn't read that part. Sorry. Um. So last week I took the week off podcasting uh, because... Actually, while the podcast was supposed to record, I had scheduled or I had a top eight VML match scheduled um, and I decided I didn't want to kind of stretch myself too thin. So I took the week off uh, and that actually was very helpful because not only did I win my top eight match, I also won my semifinals later that week. And ultimately on Friday, I won the finals of VML season three, which we have talked about before. So if you're new to what the VML is, uh, feel free to check out Aspirin CCG on Twitter, and that will kind of you'll do your own research on that one. Um, but the cool thing about winning season three is, well, one, I also won season two, so that's pretty cool. Uh, and two, it comes along with some some little dollar signs, some little monies, um, and an invite to the replacement event for whatever the Pro Tour is or used to be is now the Zendikar Rising Championship. Uh, which is later in December, and that is, I will get to go. And it is my first premier level event. Um, oh, and it comes with awesome, according to my show notes. <laughs> and it's really good. It was really fun to win something that I have, you know, been a part of for a long time. Sugoi is actually like a key component of the VML. Um, it was the brainchild of our team captain, uh, Tom Locke, Brandon, um, and Sean. I'm seeing a hand raise. Oh, it was more of just like a. A, a silly joke. It was Caroline. You're now the VML champion, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wait, I love that. I love it. Like VML champion two, Electric Boogaloo. Darn, I should make that joke. That was a good one. Um, and yeah, I don't want to go over too much about the events, but if you want to find out more details about my actual experiences, um, I, you can find me in two different places this week. One uh, on an episode of Good Luck High Five um, over at good luck high five magic something i don't know you can find it i'm sure uh and then two oh this one's gonna be harder there's a show a podcast called supreme verdict put on by bdm which i'll be tweeting out about as well and i did both of those the last couple of days so that's where you can hear about all my cool details but here no details one of my one of my favorite cards, Supreme Verdict. But no, I think one of my favorite things about the the finals of the VML was just the amount of people in the Twitch in the Twitch watching that match. And I think at one point, <gasps> oh, I, yeah. I, at one point, I counted over three hundred, you know, viewers checking in on that kind of stuff. But the best part about it was the amount of spam going in support of Caroline that all had to either rhyme with Caroline or Linguini. And so I think the best was, I don't know who originated, but I'm going to give credit to uh, uh, Mythic Michaela for this one, which she would, she kept entering lemons into the chat saying, spam this yellow lime to support Caroline, which was what I saw, which was fantastic. So here's the background of that. Basically, uh, Michaela and I have tested a lot for the um, VML together over the, over the many seasons. Um, we were in the same division this season. And she messaged me before the top eight, and she knew I was in the finals, though I couldn't really tell people. Um, and she messaged me and says, good luck, I'm going to bed. 
And it, it was like 10. Like, it was a reasonable time to go to bed. And I got a little snarky. And I was just like, what? You're going to bed on this, like, crazy night? And then I, I wrote immediately, like, never mind. Obviously, you can do what you want. Like, go to bed. Like, that's silly. I shouldn't have said that. And then, so she came in chat and she wrote this and these yellow limes, which for some reason broke me. I was just laughing in the dark to myself about the concept of lemons being called yellow limes. I was just losing it. And then she ended up staying up all night, so I don't know whose fault that is. But yeah, which, um, which is why we also have the new we have the new phrase that is uh, subscri- subscribe to this podcast of mine to support Caroline. Is the new Ooh. thing that we're throwing out there as well. I like that one. Boom. Yeah, it's gonna um, be it's gonna be spammed once we start live streaming our recordings of this. So much esports spamming, and it was so beautiful. Oh, it was lovely. It was fabulous. It was fantastic, and it was a wonderful. It was a wonderful way to see how the the weekend went. Was to watch Caroline take the victory in the Venus Mercury League, which was fantastic. And Nick, as the new guest of our podcast, I'm sure you've been up to plenty of stuff. So, how was your week in Magic? Yeah, well, my week in playing Magic did not go particularly well. Um, I played two sort of like big tournaments this weekend. I played Gruel in both. And I went 0-2 in day two of the Arena Open, and I went 1-3 in the Magic Online Standard Challenge. So, you know, I've had some good results this year, so it does hurt when I have weekends where I can't seem to win anything. But one of the main reasons that I joined Spagoy really is to, like, have a support network and a group of friends that not only will support me, but that who I can support, you know, in their tournaments and in their Magic adventures. So even if I didn't do so well this week, I was so happy to cheer on Caroline um, in her VML top eight matches, as well as to help her prepare for her matches. I mean, maybe we can talk about it a bit later or or not, maybe, but like I, I, I did a lot of testing with Caroline, and honestly, I think I became a better player after, after last week because, you know, I learned so much about specific standard matchups and like what the sideboard especially considering what your opponent is going to sideboard. So all in all, I think even even though I lost a bunch of matches and the tournaments that I joined weren't particularly fun, I really enjoyed supporting my fellow Swagoy members and you know just playtesting with them a bunch. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that, Nick, because with how the team has gotten bigger over the last few months, it's kind of made me realize that like I care less about my results and more of like helping people test, making sure everyone's got... like up-to-date information and like you know with you playing modern like i'm like in the trenches like looking at modern decks every day i just want to get like the best information i can for you it's it's really strange how like just like having a team around you just make things makes even a one five weekend like bearable just because you get to like help your team and you know you're having fun because we're all friends with each other too so that's always nice yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I I was sad for exactly 30 minutes after I, I bombed out of those tournaments because, like, the moment that was done, I just had so much else. Like, I had so many other things to look forward to. I had Caroline's VML matches. I had, like, playtesting Modern with Sean. So, uh, you know, I, I everyone says it, but, like, Magic this week truly was about the gathering. Who, I wonder who uses that phrase often. I'm trying to put... Literally no one. I'm I think trying I invented to put it. my finger on who puts that phrase out is some type of let me think of the name uh weak ass yeah weak ass weak ass spaghetti is that who it is i think that's uh, trying to think of the name the the supreme tortellini yeah that's what it is that's what it is yeah gotta reach out to them that's my like uh by like someone's pretending to be me 
<laughs> That's not their their name. <laughs> it's like Earth. Shadow Caroline. <laughs> but Caroline, that is this is Alfredo Mom's second ago. <laughs> <laughs> But Caroline, it's, it's true though. I mean, it's one of the things that uh, that I know when I first got into playing the game of Magic and interacting with the the, the Magic the Sugoi Magic team was always kind of that um, that togetherness and that team aspect and that gathering aspect of things. And so I think that's I think it, it was reflected in a lot of ways this past weekend, both in seeing how people prepped prepped for their competitive matches this past weekend, but also in support of you for VML. And even then for, you know, our teammate Tanya, who made the top eight of VML as well, there was a lot to be, there was a lot of the best parts of why we play Magic were showcased this past weekend. And a lot of it wasn't just in the gameplay. Yeah, it was really cool. Testing, sorry, I should have talked about that. Tanya did make top eight of the same tournament that I did. And the coolest thing was we were on different sides of the bracket. So if we both made it, we'd make it to the finals together. So we actually got to prepare. We didn't really have to hide any information from each other because, you know, once you get to the end, there's not really much you could have done anyway. So you might as well just, yeah. So we got like full information. We tested a lot. Like I tested her matchups. She tested my matchups. Um, and we picked decks together. And it was, that was really cool. Gosh, great. <laughs> Gee whiz, y'all. Y'all are just the, the bee's knees. Y'all are great. That's what we like to see. And we hope that all of our listeners out there, you know, if you let us know what's your favorite part of the gathering part of magic, especially in times like these, you know, when you can still, we can connect virtually, even if it's not in person. What's your favorite part about the gathering part of magic? You can let us know by tweeting at us at Swigoy Gaming, where you can learn about when our episodes go live and learn about all of the other cool things happening around the Swigoy team, like when there's an awesome competitive event like Venus Mercury League going on or anything else that's happening. And of course, you'll always know that you'll kind of get up to date information about our team, but there's other information out there in the world of Magic about other cool events to participate in if you like to compete at any level, which is why we always like to give a rundown of the news in MTG focusing on those competitive events. And this week, it's going to be brought to us by VML Champion 2 Electric Boogaloo, Caroline Cavanaugh. Uh, sweet. So kind of got a lot going on this weekend. In terms of viewing, uh, it's not on this list, but it is important to note this is the second week of the MPL and Rival Split Leagues. Uh, so they'll be all over uh, your Twitch timelines with uh, either the individual competitors, Twitch pages, and the Magic page will be rebroadcasting some matches as well. Um, so really a good weekend to be just checking out some Magic and seeing how things have changed from two weeks ago, which when they last played, uh, which I think will be pretty cool Magic for sure. Uh, if you're interested in playing some Magic yourself, uh, you can start off with the CFB Showdown on Saturday. Uh, very easy, or sorry, not very easy, but very quick. <laughs> Saturday, single elimination standard event on Melee. Uh, it is free to enter with a CFB Pro uh, account. Uh, I think that's $5 a month, I want to say. Um, I've played in a couple of these before. They go quite fast for the most part because they are single elimination and not many people make it to the end. Um, but if you do make it to the end, you have uh, some cool store credit in store for you and a potential chance to play to battle the end boss, which I believe is LSV again this week. So uh, feel free to check that out uh, over at CFB. Um, there's also a uh, ongoing event this weekend for the uh, Zendikar Rising championship qualifier on arena this is all the october ladder people are playing in we are going to call them miqs i'm sorry we're just going to it's our bad it's what we've been calling them for the last year uh until they come up with a much better name we're calling them miqs anyway it is a qualifier this weekend day one you have to go seven two or better and day two you have to go seven one to qualify so 
you would have already known if you're qualified for this uh, or, or you got an email shortly, maybe today or yesterday. So uh, feel free to check that out. We are later going to tell you about what decks we would play, though <laughs> both Nick and I are not allowed to play uh, as we are both qualified for the Zendikar Rising Championship. So, um, but, you know, we still are paying attention to standards, so we still have some idea. Uh, that is a good time to mention that now that the November ladder has, or sorry, the October ladder has finished and the November uh, event is this weekend, it's now time to think about after Zendikar Rising Championship, there's more to come, uh, including a, a new set of three months of ladders. So November leads to a December a qualifying event, December ladder leads to a January qualifying event, and a January ladder leads to a February qualifying event. All of these leading to um, is it the Caldeem? Caldeheim? Caldeheim. Caldeheim? Caldeheim? I have no idea. Whatever. That thing. Uh, it will be the same as the Zendikar Rising Championship, but it's the new sets, right? Uh, Rising Championship, no. The new sets championship. Uh, and there is no date for that, though it is like likely to guess it is somewhere in March. Um, and we're going to talk actually a little bit about this, this organized play structure now that we've seen a full cycle. Uh, and so we'll talk a little bit about that. But pretty cool to note because it leads into my next event, which is a brand new event, um, and you may not have heard of it. And I'm actually very excited to understand and to learn about this new event because we've been really missing. I know I've been missing it. I know Nick personally has been missing this in his life. And this is the SCG Tour Online. It's back, baby. Um, they are they revamped. They they clearly went to Wizards and they clearly did some negotiations it, it is structured uh it is very similar to their original online events um but you can definitely see some bleeding aspects from the cfb clash events you can see a lot of parallel of terms of what prizes they have and what you know areas of their tournaments so um if you are playing in the the cfb clash you are more likely to be encouraged to play in the, in the scd tour as well as they offer similar results or similar prizes so these are two types of tournaments, which is nice. Uh, satellite events, which are these small six-round events, and they will happen kind of throughout the days. It looks like Friday and Saturdays on a competitive week will be when those events happen. I think there's four of them a day. Uh, they are $6 to enter on MTG Melee, $5 for SCG, $1 for Melee. Uh, and let's break it down what record you need. To qualify for the next event, which we're just going to call a PTQ, because that's what it is. The next event is called the Caldeheim Championship Qualifier, which is a fancy way of saying PTQ. It's a PTQ. <laughs> so those are always going to be the Sunday of what, whatever the little tournaments that you're playing in. So if you're playing in a Friday and a Saturday one, then it will be that Sunday. However, I haven't looked at all the future dates, so don't quote me if I'm wrong on that. But basically, they're tied to the event that you're playing in. Do you, can you qualify for one and then do it a different week? It has to be like if I play on a Friday, I have to play on a Sunday. Event, Pretty sure right? it's that same week. Yeah. Okay. So in order to get to that Sunday event, that day two, let's call it, um, you have to go four two or better out of six rounds. Four two gets you directly into that tournament. That's it. That's all it gets you. I don't even think it gets you store credit, which is nothing. Cool. If you go five one or better, you get a buy in that Sunday tournament. And you get what I've been calling, and we're going to call forever, called Skip the Ladder. Basically, you get to ignore whatever month you're in. You get to ignore that arena's ladder, and you will get to go to that that month's um, qualifying arena thing, what we call MIQs. 
so that's really cool. That's cool to know. That's why I brought it up because I like skipping the ladder. And then if you go six and oh, you get the same thing. You get to skip the ladder and you get two buys on Sunday. And But six rounds is a lot. This is, we have not played any of these. The first one coming up is this Friday and Saturday with the cool event being on the Sunday. So I would check it out. The only thing I want to note is if you make it at four and two, you are not dobs for getting the skip the ladder feature because if you make top 12 of the actual like ptq event on the sunday you will still get to skip the ladder it's very strange but that's what i did research on so oh also the it cuts to top 12 on the sunday event not top eight and the top four are gonna buy it's very strange i think that people just sit at their computer being like how can we make this more complicated um but it's a very cool event i i think what we'll do next week i will for sure have played in one if sean or nick or eric or anyone grasky um plays in one we'll report back to you like if our feelings have changed um the things i'm concerned about at this point are six rounds that's a lot <laughs> uh so uh yeah i'll just report back we'll see how it goes so since <coughs> oh go ahead sean oh, sorry I was just going to say, Caroline, I know you played in a, what was it, PAX events that were four rounds, correct? I played in multiple, or I guess I only did one. But yeah, I played in, it was actually Gen Con, and I did a four-round yeah. four standard event where if you go 3-1 or better, you got to skip the ladder. And yeah, I went 3-0 and just like howled in the apartment. I was like running up and down. I was like, I did it! The ladder! This yeah, was back yeah. in like August. Yeah, um, that's, uh, I qualified with one of those Skip the Ladder events. I think it's kind of weird how, like, those events are kind of similar, I would say. In, oh, they're like, very event, similar. In, in event structure. And they're the Star City's cool. just in six rounds, and yeah. the Gen Con will be four rounds. It's just, like, yeah, another think... hour and a half. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so one thing I think everyone should just take attention to and pay attention to, not, not much we can do about it, but this past year, and really the past couple years in Magic... They've clearly, everyone's been trying different things, whether it's Magic itself trying different things or organizers trying different things. And the lack of consistency is getting to the point where it's now you can start comparing things and being like, wait a minute, why was the Gen Con events four rounds and this one is six rounds? Or why are you calling one thing and uh, something something qualifier and something else this qualifier? Like, help us out. Like, get us on the same freaking page. So we can't really continuously be like, oh, we're just... We're still adjusting. We're still adjusting. We gotta stop adjusting. Just, I think Wizards needs to be more firm. If you're giving this prize away, you need to give this prize away with this many rounds. Yeah, it's I almost like you have to. Have, it's almost like you have to have some kind of weird spreadsheet built that has your teammates on it. <laughs> There's different colored they boxes. That's so bad. The STD tour things. I have to have so many boxes. <laughs> um. Anyway, one thing I wanted to bring from this conversation. Uh, into our mini main topic is the idea of skipping the ladder. And I use this phrase all the time and I realize that it might not be like a normal thing that people say, but I think about it a lot. Um, last night I received a message from a VML competitor that was just thanking me for um, encouraged. I actually like DM'd her at the beginning of the season. I was like, yo, you should play. Uh, so she was thanking me for doing that. And she's like, yeah, I've got this like competitive itch right now, but I can't really figure out like how to fit arena into my life. And big mood. I also can't figure out how to fit arena into my life. And I just casually said, oh, like, you know, I do a lot of the skip the ladder events. And she's like, what? And I was like, oh, wait, people don't know. <laughs> people don't know. <laughs> well, I'm here to tell you. And the thing I really want to stress is if you want to be competitive at Magic, you need to figure out how that fits into your life, not making your life fit into that. So if you have a full-time job, you have a family, 
you have the desire to watch Netflix on your couch? Who cares? If you don't have the time to play 200 matches in a month on the ladder, and that number is made up. I have no idea how many matches it takes, but it, it can't be far off. It takes a lot of time. If you have that time, go for it. If you love doing it, go for it. If you don't, find other ways to get there. I want to give, like, I have a whole thing written out. I'll try not to read it up. But basically, I want to start with talking about what organized play is right now. And that is a three-tiered system. One starts with a ladder. If you do well on the ladder, you go to two, which is the qualifier weekends. We've had one in September, October. We're having one in November. And it sounds like we're having a bunch until they stop. And that leads to this thing called the set championship. There are other ways to do this to get to the set championship, including moto and PTQs and whatever. Who cares? Let's ignore that. You focus on arena ladder into the qualifying weekend into the set championship. But there is a way to skip that arena ladder that isn't people don't really know about. And we've talked about it. You know, I just said the SCG tour one. Um, so I encourage people to go out and be like, I can't do 200 matches in a in a in a month. What else can I do? Can I play one of these Gen Con events for four rounds? Yes, I can. Can I play an SCG for six rounds? Maybe I can't. I don't know. Um, I know that NRG series has some skip the ladder events. The VML had some skip the ladders. CFB Clash has has qualifications, skip the ladder stuff. Every, a lot of these big tournament organizers have them. And I'm it sucks, but you have to do the research to figure out like what works for you, unfortunately. Though I could start a whole new podcast, which is just like, how do you skip the ladder <laughs> every time? Um, and so once you figure that out, I think it will, for me, it really helped. Like I tried to make Mythic a couple times in this year and every month was just really terrible. Not just for time, but also for mental health. Like you're sitting there, you're playing for, for Platinum 4, or for, for Diamond 4, and you just lose, and then you lose, and then you lose, and you're, and you're Plat 3, and you're just like, well, it's the middle of November, like, what do I do? <laughs> like, I, it's rough. And so finding these tournaments, and maybe I'm going to break every one of these SCGs, and I'm going to say, okay, that's it. I'm not, I'm done with the ladder this month. And that's fine. It's not a big deal. But if your goal is to be competitive, there are other ways than just sitting in front of your computer every evening for three to five matches a night. And so, yeah, I've called, I... I've called them skip the ladder. And, and in fact, I think that term has kind of spread to other people, which I would love to spread to more people. Cause I think it's such a cool little, like, yeah, <laughs> no ladder for you. So the one thing I thought about now, like I got, I was very tunnel visioned on, I have to make every ladder event for Zendikar rising championship. So I made it for September, October, and I was qualified for November, but I did something, you know, a little different which is just qualifying directly. Um, and so I feel like I've checked all my boxes. I, I did it. I got my goal. And then on the weekend, I was like, wait, what about the next one? Uh, which is going to be a Magic player's life like their whole time, right? They're always going to be like, but what about the next tournament? What about the next thing? And I realized that I didn't know anything about the, the Kaldheim stuff coming up. And I was like, wow, Wizards hasn't announced this. This is so silly. I was wrong. They definitely announced it. I just didn't realize it. So I went and figured it out. And so there is going to be a, December, a November, December, and January ladder, which I talked about. And those will all lead to the MIQs uh, for each of those months. And they will all have tournaments that will have skip the ladder features. You just have to find them. So my goal and my encouragement to everyone is go and find something that works for you. For me, it's not playing as much magic. But for someone else, it might be playing on the ladder. Who knows? Just do what works best for you, and it'll be fun. Yeah, I mean... 
kind of going off what you said, Caroline, like just because we play this much magic, it might not be what you want to do. Like you might only be able to play a few matches a night or a few matches a week, whatever. Just like there are ways to, you know, for prolong your magic career by like Caroline was saying, you skipped a lot of events. Don't burn yourself out by feeling like you have to hit mythic every month of the year. It's just like, that's not real. That's not healthy. Like that's just going to burn you out on magic in general. And that's also just not great for you mentally. Nick, what's a, I want to get your thoughts a little bit on, on kind of the competitive structures that are out there between like things like ladder and these, you know, the skip the ladder events, the different qualifiers and things that are out there as well. You know, what, what's your relationship to the competitive side of the game in that way? What do you enjoy doing and what do you think is what, what works for you and why is kind of the, the realm I want to get into? Yeah, so first of all, I have a lot of respect for the people who, who do grind ladder every month. Um, I think they're responsible for a lot of the innovation that goes into standard right now, like, um, you know, Crokies and a lot of those other players. They'll they'll make Mythic, you know, top two or, or, or rank one with the deck, and a lot of people will pick it up and people will bring it to, to tournaments. So I have a lot of respect for them. So having said that, I agree with Caroline that in that I hate playing the ladder. I just... I don't mind playing infinite matches of Magic. Like, I used to play two or three of the SEG tournaments, um, you know, those SEG challenges in one day. I had a lot of fun. But just just the thought of trying to, to make it through the barren wasteland of gold, um, platinum, and diamond, it just, it just makes me want to log off Arena. So I think for me, I enjoy playing Magic when there's a specific goal in mind, and that can range from anything to I would like to make top eight of this player store event to something as small as I need to go three, one, or better so that I can get the last points I need to qualify for the weekend SEG. So for me, it's all about like what are the manageable and attainable goals that I can set for myself and how, how I can achieve them. It, it's just that the ladder like incentivizes you to just play infinite matches of magic and it also kind of incentivizes you to turn off your brain. I know I know that this is not going to be true for a lot of players, but it's just that for me to get through it, I feel like I have to like turn off the the you know, the 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 high functioning part of my brain that that helps me learn. So I don't really even learn when I play ladder. So I'm a huge fan of these different as Caroline calls it, skip the ladder events. I'm not a fan of how um, they're so different and, you know, th- it's hard to compare them because the tournaments have different structures, but I just like having the option to, to make the, the MIQ or the player store or the, the Zendikar rising championship in a different way. Yeah. Uh, Nick, kind of going off what you said, the turning your brain off thing when you play on ladder just like rings so true. Yeah. I literally remember sitting in discord. I'd get in discord at like three or four in the afternoon. There's three or four of us in there and we're like, What's everyone doing? Oh, we're just trying to grind a mythic. Oh, okay. And we're just like not talking about magic. We're just like spinning yeah. the slot machine arms to like, you know, get yeah. that little dose of serotonin to get to mythic, you know? And it's like, that's not really healthy for it. That's not helping me get better at magic. It's just like, I'm literally just sitting there playing Belcher, basically trying to, you know, cheese my way into mythic. So definitely the turning off your brain thing is definitely something that you need to avoid because a, it's not great for your gameplay. It's just going to make things worse. And B, it's just awful for your mentality, too. It's just going to make you think that like, your win percentage, that's 45% or whatever. That's not a real indication of how good or poorly you're doing. 
So it's definitely like playing the ladder definitely gives you a lot of false positives where you're probably doing worse than you actually should be, or you're doing better than you should be just because you're turning your brain on so much. I think something else yeah, is, but... is engaging with the game in a way that maybe the client is not designed to be engaged with, because one of the reasons, and Sean, you kind of touched on it, the, the game is designed for you to click the button, right? It's designed for you to push the button and jump into a game, and mm-hmm. then you're going to be playing one way or another. Results will happen, and maybe you go on a little bit of autopilot, but then the end of the game happens, and either you win, and you get a cheer of music, or you get an image on the screen, and you're like, it feels good. Like you said, that little in your brain comes off. You're like, yeah, I'm going to push that button again. Or... You get the you get the sad ending. You get the bad ending that makes you feel bad, and it has the image, and you have the music that goes along with it, and you do one of two things. You say, well, screw this, and you click the button again, or you might just tilt off and go away from the, the thing completely because the game is designed for us to push the button in a lot of different ways. And what I mean by that is that that doesn't always have to be the case. And the point I wanted to make with it is that when you sit down to a session or play the game, and this is what the way I enjoy the competitive side of the game is sometimes, yeah, I'm just going to queue up my fun Jimmy Timmy decks and just play goofy and that's fine. But other times I want to make, you know, tier one decks and try to play the game competitively. And so when I sit down, I'm consciously and really taking the time mentally to make right and correct decisions, to not worry about whether my rank goes up or down. I'm just focusing on making the right plays in this game at that time. That's not always the case depending on how in which you engage, engage with the game. Oh, I just wanted to know, Rasky, why you were suddenly doing a podcast segment on, like, some psychology experiment. I was confused. I thought you were talking about Pavlov's dog or something. I was confused. <laughs> yeah, when, well, whenever, right, I hear that, whenever I hear that button, that's the, you know the, the game start button? It's just that, that thing. Whenever I hit yeah. that button, I'm just like, and then in the background, even if you have, like, other sounds down, you still when hear When do you this. get the treat? Right, exactly. <laughs> that goes off, and I just hear and it's like looking for the Seriously, game. Though, yeah, it's scary. It's scary, like how you describe that, because it's it's really true, and it's freaking me out a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I wanted to circle back to what Nick said about how he loves to play a lot of Magic, and I can attest to the fact that he does love to play a lot of Magic. And every month we get these emails that say, hey, this is how much magic you've played, this is how much packs you've opened, opened this is how much gold you've spewed, all this little cool thing, right? And my, every month mine says your favorite format is direct challenge. And Preach. a month where that changes, that's a bad month. Something went wrong. Because direct challenges is tournaments uh, at the moment during COVID, which is awesome. It's testing uh, with likes of Nick, Sean, Um and that's it, actually. It's just those things. But I do a lot of those things. And so if it says <laughs> Mythic Ladder or something, we need to have a talk because <laughs> something happened. <laughs> Either I enjoyed myself, and that's great, uh, or I didn't enjoy myself and I had to play a lot. So um, I really like the idea of playing a lot of Magic. I just don't want to have to be given a treat every time to do so. <laughs> I mean, just to illustrate Brasky's point about the psychology of it, yes, Direct Challenge is my favorite format, and it's Caroline's favorite format. Yet, when we're supposed to play test together, the moment I load up a deck, instead of challenging her, I just I just click the play button and queue up on rank. Every freaking time! Yeah, Every it's time! Just, it's, it's, the ladder is autopilot. And again, I respect and admire the people who enjoy the ladder grind, but I it's just so funny how it happened to all of us in the testing sessions. We just load up a deck and be like, Caroline, okay, I'm going to challenge you. And oop, why am I now in gold in a gold ladder match? 
and taking that was a further i remember literally caroline and tanya were about to play each other and caroline's like all right let's play green white versus girl and they both just queue up as green white or something like that yeah, like, it happened like, three, <laughs> happened like three times in a row <laughs> they're just out of queuing up against each other at the same deck even though they're supposed to be testing different decks yeah it's one of those, those it's one of those things where you also and it, it's because no matter the card, like if I'm playing any type of digital card game, it is something where now I have to, having now played a bunch of paper magic over the past like several weeks over spell table with folks, it's one of those things where I'm already in a certain mindset when I'm sitting down with a paper deck. When I sit down on a digital client, I really have to remind myself, okay, what? how do I want to play the game? How do I want to enjoy the game right now? Am I here just to grind ladder and, and try to get up? you know, go up ranks and try to get certain golds or silvers or platinums or anything like that? Or am I really just trying to sit down and and consciously get better at the game? And now that we have events like these different qualifiers and satellites and things of that nature, I now feel like that relationship to the game, the way in which I engage with the game is suits me a lot better as opposed to just grinding away because as much time as I could ever possibly dedicate to going on the ladder, I could maybe get to platinum. Uh, and maybe diamond if I really, 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 really grinded at it. And I, at the end of it, I would probably feel like, cool. I don't ever want to do that again. <laughs> like, please don't make me do that again. As opposed to like, when I look at even like these satellite events or things of that nature, that's like six bucks to play in a cool competitive event that I'll probably get my ass kicked in. That actually sounds better than ladder. So I'm going to do that instead. We So at the very beginning of this conversation, we all talked about the inconsistency and how it is starting to to nod us a little bit like okay we've seen three or four of these types of events it's very clear they're getting some direction from some people but not direction from other things like rounds and stuff but what's really shifted if you followed along at all is the pricing so way 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 back in probably 2012 aka march um <laughs> there was the <laughs> cfb um Grand Prix online, I want to say, and they had qualifiers that costed, I want to say, like thirty dollars an entry. Like yes, it's been so long ago, like I don't even remember. Yeah, remember. And we all and we did it. Whatever it happened, okay. Then Star City came out and did some some events where they had twenty dollar entries, and you're like, oh yeah, good job, Star City. Like you got our back. Um, Tuesday was like the two for one special. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. There's some cheap deals. It was all cool, and so so twenty dollars became the standard, uh, and then. You know, then there was there was also always tournaments that didn't have entry fees or had things like Twitch subs or Patreon entry fees. Those all happened. That made sense. And then very recently, the CFE Clash came out and they started doing tournaments that were five dollars. Though I think actually they're six dollars because of the melee thing. So they were six dollar entry fees. And the Star City events now come out with events that are also six dollars. So one thing that I'm seeing is this trend towards finding a price point that users like us. And the companies like Star City and CFB are happy with. And hey, if it's six dollars, I'm in. Um, and the PAX events, the Gen Con events, those were a little bit more. Those were usually twenty, um, ten to twenty dollars. But they're only once. Like it was cool. You did a PAX event for a weekend, or you did a Gen Con thing for a weekend. Whereas these Star City ones, like I remember, Nick would tell me that sometimes he would have to do four or five Star City events, which means he had to pay a hundred US to play, which is not that outrageous if you have gone to a Grand Prix at all, but it is sort of outrageous to just want to play on a Saturday to pay a hundred bucks. So I'm happy to see the price point come down. I would like to talk a little bit about why the rounds are all so different, but hey, I'll pick my battles while we're at it. This is a good way 
to save some mental health, save some time, um, and skip the ladder. It's true. That's that's always what you want to go to because sometimes, because even we can find the wonderful events, the ways we can engage with it, uh, ways in which to skip the ladder. But sometimes figuring out the exact structure of organized play can oftentimes like feel like you're in the DMV and sitting there being like, okay, which event were you at? Okay, no, you need Form Six Twenty Seven A and fill <laughs> that out with a standard deck. If you have the wrong type of standard deck or don't have the right sleeves, you need to fill out Six Forty Eight Seven B. If your deck is banned midway through the tournament. <laughs> Yes, if you're That's if six twenty seven. Yes, if your deck gets banned, you're gonna have to fill out a banned request uh, proposal format form, and that's gonna be who, a whole nother line. Who's helping you? It, like, who, what planeswalker works at the DMV? Dovin. Oh, Dovin. <laughs> Do- for sure. You all said Dovin. That was hilarious. Yeah. I just I can't think of anyone I else that would be. Garrick. No, I was picturing Garrick. Like just looks like in the suit, just looks really uncomfortable, just this huge oh blind walker. Do you know Garrick how tall is Garrick like... is in the canon? Oh, he's very tall. I know. He's like eight and a half feet tall, like no no cap. Like he's I was also picturing... a forest ranger. I was also picturing a sloth. Because have you seen um uh what's the oh shoot, what's the the cartoon? the uh, Zootopia where the sloth yeah. works in the DMD. So I was also picturing a Boreal Grazer. Yeah, I could see that. I could, <laughs> and you, you all know that like Domri's like the young intern that's just useless to everybody in this whole thing. Like knocking over the cameras, yeah. running around. They got their headphones in. They're just not paying attention. Like, dude, Domri, just deliver the mail. He's like, whatever. And he's just running all over the place. That's <laughs> that's what we feel. That's the, no, ma- no, the magic Jace, DMV. Jace is the like manager that doesn't do any work and is just like flirting with everybody. <laughs> Just he's wow. in accounting. Like, so Linda, how's it going today, This is getting too real. I kind of love it. You need to go. All right, sorry. You need to go talk to HR about all the HR policies. Go talk to the head of HR. That's to Ferry. And, no, uh, that's Duke Danny. Duke Danny. <laughs> Perfect. Well. Regardless of which planeswalker you think works at the DMV, there'll probably be a few planeswalkers in our standard decks as we try to engage in some of these events and competitive things that are happening this weekend. And with that, I also want to know, and what we want to talk about is, if we were going to be competing in the way in which we like to compete with Magic the Gathering, what kind of decks would we bring and why? And that's what kind of we want to jump off on this point as well. So I'd say, to start off on this one, you know, if you were going to be competing in an event this weekend, what would you bring and why? Sean, I want to kick it off with you. What would be the deck that uh, stands out to you? Yeah, so I mean, we've talked about the Yorion piles, you know, multiple times over the last couple of weeks. And once again, I'm going to be bringing back some Yorion pile. Uh, this one's going to be in the blue-white flavor. Shocker for those of you at home, I know. Um, the reason I brought this one, it 5-0'd on uh, November 2nd, so pretty recently. Uh, but the main reason I want to play this version is it has Thassa Deep Dwelling in it, and Thassa Deep Dwelling is one of my favorite cards in Standard. Uh, and then it just plays all the normal hits that the Yorian decks are playing. You know, you've got Elspeth Conquers Death, Omen of the Sun, Omen of the Sea, Birth of Miletus, blah, the list goes on and on. But having the Thassa plus basically any other card in your deck engine is like supercharging the deck, which I think is very takes a pretty interesting attack with the deck and then also having two main deck Ugins. So it's like good against like the Croaks decks. Ugin's pretty good against them. Um, just the random like <clears throat> mid-range decks where just having an a- extra exile effect is pretty effective. So having two main deck Ugins is one of the reasons I want to play this deck as well. Nice. Caroline, we Caroline if you're jumping in, what you going to play? Oh man. Okay. I have down red, black Croaks, but I'm still on the fence. Basically, 
If you think you're going to play against Gruul and Rogues, you should play Red, Red Black Kroxa. The list I currently am loving is um, not my VML list, so don't use that. Um, instead, it is the CFB uh, Clash winner. Uh, his last name is Leverado, and his first name is... Matthias, Matthias right? Thank Matthias. you. Yeah. I was hoping someone would be faster, but then I was faster. So. <laughs> Matthias Leverado uh, did win the CFB or Clash. I don't know. Something. And um, his... Red black list is quite different. Uh, it plays six cards that are very key, uh, that being three or three to four claims and three or so or four village rights. It looks like so that's a pretty interesting package that was not in my red black more mid range deck, uh, and I think that gives you a heck of a chance against those creature decks uh, to really stop the bleeding very quickly and get some value. So that's pretty cool. However, <laughs> if my other co-host who's also going to say maybe something I can't beat. Uh, if there are a lot of Yorion decks that are in the... Uh, the blue-white one, I'm not sure about, but the creature green-white one, that one I think is a lot harder for the red-black deck, and so I would be a little less confident that that's the deck to bring. Um, but if you think you're having Gruul and you think you're having um, uh, blue-black rogues, then I think that you want to play something in the red-black rogues set area. Nice. Nick, how about you? So the deck I would bring to the MIQ this weekend is a green-white Yorian, uh, or Celestia Blink, as the archetype is known on MTG Melee. So um, Jacob Wilson and, and Matt Nass and a couple of other players, I think, have done pretty well with this deck in the past couple of weeks. And um, the reason why I, I want to bring a 60-card Yorian deck, as opposed to Sean, who, um, is that I think this early into the standard format, I feel like we don't have enough powerful cards to fit into an 80-card deck. Um, so, you know, cards like Omen of the Sea and Azorius Blink, I think, you know, they're Omen of the Sea is a great card. You get the card back, you get some card filter, but you don't get the mana back. You, like, there are so many powerful threats and aggro decks in Standard right now that sometimes I think um, you don't you don't get to spend two mana on an Omen of the Sea to scry to and draw a card. So I like how this 60-card version is kind of including all the most powerful cards that interact with the Orion while also playing some conditional or um, you know conditional or or weaker cards in smaller numbers like for example like this list that I'm looking at right now has just one has just one charming prince and two ECDs so ECD is a very strong card but it's pretty situational um, it doesn't hit Kroxa it doesn't hit a lot of gruels um, early drops and also, uh, Charming Prince, uh, it's a great card in establishing the, the Yorion loop for additional value, but a lot of the time you just don't need it. And it doesn't really do anything at the start of the game. So I would like to bring a Yorion deck which can beat the other creature decks. Uh, Wicked Wolf is basically unbeatable um, if you don't have something like Skyclave Apparition. Um, but you're, you know, you're always drawing good cards. So that's why I would like to bring this sick Celestia Blink deck. Always draw good cards, the philosophy that Nick will provide to any competitive event you're jumping into. Yeah, Cer so. Certainly won't work for what you're going to bring, Bill. <laughs> Listen, okay, now we get on to what we're really going to spend the majority of this podcast. Oh, and we're to. out of time. No, listen, I know, we're, we I know we're almost 50 minutes in, but now it's time to saddle up, sit back, and enjoy another 52 minutes as I run down. You've never made this joke before. Card by card. <laughs> I'm going to go card by card on my. Grixis good stuff list as we go down. Uh, that's okay. not what it I'm, says. I'm new on this podcast. I've never heard 
um, oh, talk about Grixis before. Like, I would like to, you know, as the guest, I really want to hear Brasky's thoughts on Grixis. <laughs> I hope you enjoy your one-time guest edition. <laughs> <laughs> the year was 2018. The card was Nico Bolas God Pharaoh. The other, t- <laughs> and I'm just, I, it's let, let's let's be honest. Let's be honest. This would take. Oh, you could really do this though. I we could. I could it, vamp like, for so really long on any random amount of type of like just thrown together Grixis list and be like, let me tell you why this card is awesome. Okay. Ooh, I just did once like filibuster for a whole episode. <laughs> you could try it. Yeah, that's what we'll end up doing. No, I'm I'm excited to see. Yeah, these decks give me something to look forward to play on the weekend. Because now I'm like, I, I was like, I need to get, I need to get back into steering a little bit. I need to play some decks a little bit. I need to try out what I think might be fun to play, whether it's ladder or in, you know, some type of fun competitive event. And now I have kind of three really good jumping off places uh, to look at as well. And so I know I'm going to be looking forward to trying some of those decks out, and uh, as well looking forward to seeing what everybody else does uh, on the weekend uh, or wherever else they're going to be enjoying the game of Magic. Uh, in the near future. So that's what I want to know is what are you going to be doing to get better at the game of magic and where can people find you doing it? Caroline, let's start with you. Oh, yay. Okay. Uh, this weekend, um, I, I originally wrote, so I did, I did prepare my show notes today, which I think is really good, but I took, I said, I'm going to take a break and I have to admit with the SCG tour thing, that's actually probably not true. Uh, but after my event on Friday, I did spend the majority of the weekend, other than the arena open, which we didn't talk about at all, but whatever. Um, I did spend my majority just trying to do non-magic things. I had like a ton of little things that I wanted to do that I'd put off all week because of testing. So like uh, organize some stuff, build a shelf, you know, that kind of good stuff. Um, I don't have a ton more of that to do, so I'll probably still play magic this weekend uh, with those SCGs. Um, and maybe do coverage or something, you know, just just mix it up a little bit. But uh, I guess how to get better at magic this week is really just re- remembering that I have other things to do that is not just always magic. So you can find me on Twitter at MyLinguini, M-I-G-H-T-Y-L-I-N-G-U-I-N-E. You can find me on Instagram at TheMyLinguini, and you can find me on Twitch.tv slash TheMyLinguini. I stream on Wednesdays and Saturdays, and I always have a magic guest, but we don't always play magic. Fabulous. Nick, what are you going to be doing to get better at the game of Magic, and where can people find you doing it? Um, so I know that Swagoy is an arena team, and um, this is an arena Magic podcast, and I know that people don't care about Magic the Gathering online, or Modo as the boomers call it, but I am qualified for a fairly um, prestigious and large uh, Modo tournament. Oh, um, yeah. It is the, the Magic Online Championship Series Season 1 Finals. That is happening on November 28th. And the format for Holy that cow, is modern. <laughs> yeah, it's it's on November 28th. And the, the, the constructed format for that is modern. So to get better at Magic this week, I will be focusing on modern, which I haven't played in a long time because I've been very preoccupied with, with uh, playing arena tournaments. Um, I, I, I do think that focusing on different formats and just you know trying different things and playing a, a, you know, a new format for the first time is a great way to get good at Magic because like you're faced with... A completely fresh set of possibilities and puzzles you have to unlock. So I'm really going to enjoy um, playing a bunch of different modern decks. Uh, I'm playing Bant Stoneblade right now. This is the first deck that I've chosen to attack the modern metagame with, and I'm very happy to have Sean helping me because, as he's told me, he is like the person on Swagoy who cares the most about modern. Um, 
hopefully, I will become the person on Sugoi who cares the second most about Modern because I really want to do well in this tournament. Because if I win it, I will literally become a millionaire in my country. Wait, who cares the first most? Is it Sean? Oh, Sean. Yeah, oh, Sean yeah. cares the most about Modern on the team. So, yeah. So, if you want to join me on my quest to become a millionaire in my country and to win the, the mocks, you can find me on Twitter at MTG. I do not stream. It would be nice if I if I could stream at some point, but you're just gonna have to watch Caroline, and you know her guests not play Magic. So yeah, just follow me on Twitter. Don't yeah. worry, Nick. Nick will be playing Magic on my channel all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sean, how about you? What are you doing to get better at the game, and where can people find you doing it? Yeah, I mean, from this podcast, I you know everyone at home knows that I've been on this fantastical journey. I'm finally back to work, so trying to get back into the swing of things magic-wise. So right now I am kind of buckling down with Nick, you know, giving him like the old Rocky treatment in modern. You know, there's like nice background music every day we get up and he drinks his cold, I don't know, what would what would the magic version of Rocky drink? Like cold brew? Uh, I don't know. Well, first, first of all, the background music is Genshin Impact sound effect. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the Genshin Impact background is playing yeah. in the background. And, uh, you know, Nick's waking up every morning drinking his cold brew or whatever he drinks. And, you know, we're just trying to get back to basics in modern. Right now, it's kind of like a new hellscape with Omnath, Uro, Stoneforge, Mystic, uh, all kinds of random cards that haven't really been pushed to the maximum limit as they are right now. I mean, I sent Nick like four or five different lists. All of them have some combination of busted mana bases or busted four drop planes uh, creatures that were banned in standard. So, I mean, just trying to get used to the modern again and help him test for the box, which is apparently in three weeks that I was unaware of. Um, other than that, you can find me on twitch.tv slash Mr. Toolshed and Twitter at Mr. Toolshed. Nailed it this time. I didn't last week, so in your face, Brasky. Well done, well done. Of course, if people want to uh, get a get 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 find out what I'm gonna do with magic and how I'm gonna try and get better at it, because well, all I'm gonna do is just continue to try to play paper magic on spell table in different ways, shapes, and forms, which is, should be a lot of fun. But folks can find me doing stuff at Brasky1142 on Twitter and at twitch.tv slash Brasky1142. Of course, if you enjoyed this podcast, you should leave us uh, a review. Give us uh, some stars, maybe write something out as well, and also subscribe to us because that certainly helps us out a whole lot. If you want to learn more or always want to be informed of what's going on with the Swagoy team, you can follow us at Swagoy Gaming uh, on Twitter, and you can also find out all about our competitive teams from Hearthstone to Magic to Valorant at Swagoy.com. It's S-W-A-G-O-I.com. And wherever it is that you're going to be enjoying the content we put out, we sure are glad that you're doing it. So we will see you next week, and have a great one. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.